1: Hello everybody, uh, welcome to the afternoon here on Ausbiz Live from your uh, from the Barangaroo studios. This is the call, 10 stocks picked by you, i put them to our expert panel, we do it all in one hour and let's introduce the panel, the uh, man from the west, Carl Capalinga from Think
2: Markets in Perth, how are you Carl? Very well, thanks, Koshi. Good morning to my fellow sandgropers. Good yep. afternoon to everybody else on the <laughs> other side of the country.
1: No, no, um, as I, because uh, I have um, West Australian-based uh, grandchildren and daughter, uh, they refer to us as over east Is <laughs> yes. uh, where we are, aren't we, Carl? That's a the, bit sort of, of the bit of Australia that doesn't have any iron, Koshi. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and is carried by WA. We know that. Exactly. Uh, ben Clark from TMS. Do you want to uh, get into this discussion about really. uh, whether WA really carries us?
0: Well, it's carrying us less at the moment. <laughs> yeah. That iron ore price is looking a bit... <laughs> it's coming off a cliff a little bit recently.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Carl, uh, what are your
2: magical charts are about iron ore at the moment? Oh, well, the charts don't look... All that flash, but if you remember last time we spoke about it, we said that 100 was kind of the level. And we'll probably talk, yep. I know we we'll talk about BHP later, or maybe we'll talk about it then. But look, I think we're pretty close to the level for iron ore, and they're still making huge amounts of money over here. It's no, yep. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. think it's going to bother bother them too much.
1: Yep, no, absolutely right. All right, let's uh have a look at the stocks you want us to take a look at in this uh, first half hour grain court, Newcrest at Charter Hall, Jumbo Interactive, and also Lottery Corporation. Stock of the day, AP Eagers Automotive. Uh, Eagers says it's closely monitoring economic conditions, according to its chief executive, Keith Thornton. Uh, The company expects considerable momentum in electric car sales. Right now, 12 locations are selling uh, build your dreams which is the uh, uh, electric car area. Um, Carl, what do you think of uh, Eagles Automotive?
2: I don't, yeah, don't mind them. Um, they released their annual report today so we're yeah. really talking about some of the statements made in that. So there wasn't so much of a a sort of a market moving or news component in it, but looking at the business more broadly speaking, I think it's quite finely balanced at the moment. So uh, look, BYD, no no doubt, is going to um, have a big say in their growth going forward. So they've got the, um, well, they're not the distributors, that's the wrong way to put it, but they've partnered with the distributors to sell through AP Eger's showrooms. So at the moment, yep. there's about 12 showrooms. There's 400 showrooms in total. So you can see the potential growth there. Um, it seems to be quite uh, popular, it's certainly at the moment. Um, the, the BYDs, they, they start to, to, to sell quite a few of them now. Nowhere sort of Tesla numbers, but starting to build up. So, um, you know. Sold a few in January, sold a few more in February, sold quite a few more in March. So that's starting to look good. Uh, More broadly speaking, just in terms of their outlook, I think, again, as I said, finally balanced between, well, interest rates have gone up quite a bit, cost you a bit more to buy a car, finance a car. At the moment, we're we're cutting back on spending. Maybe we're gonna make those uh, existing cars we have now, go a little bit further. Apart from that, their order book is still crazy, crazy strong, They're still cycling, obviously um, the various supply issues with uh, with manufacturers and look I, th- I think it's 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 kind of a a zero growth proposition for the next few years just as those two sides of things ev versus you know slower uh, slowing demand versus uh stronger order book balance themselves out in fact uh, if you look at the broker consensus according to Thomson reuters over the next three years the compound annual growth rate is a donut is zero percent mm. you're paying at the moment so, so no growth in this business for, for the next three years. And uh, clients will say, hey, Carl, no growth, we shouldn't buy it because my clients, they love growth stocks. I say, well, you can buy it if you can get it cheap enough. So we understand there's no growth because they had a huge pop after COVID, right? So flat growth is actually still pretty good for them. Um, PEs at the moment is 12, it's not 25, it's not 30, it's not 40, okay? It's, it's, it's below the market average. I've gone fair value on my, uh, my valuation. I've got 1350, you're getting um, a pretty good yield, about 5%. So I can go hold on the valuation. The chart is very, very strong. And that's certainly um, uh, reinforcing this idea of holding. I could start to buy it again. It's not about what I think. I think, look, fair value, a bit flat. But if the market likes it, that's all that matters to me. And if it starts to push above 1450, then I could upgrade it to an ad. So again, putting a toe in the water, putting about a a third of what you normally put into your share positions, more of a longer term maybe Hmm. uh, view on this one.
0: Okay, Ben? I think Carl's covered that very well. I I mean, the only things I'd, yeah, it it had the COVID boom, it also had a margin boom. And it was one of those kind of unprecedented times when car uh, retailers weren't being pushed on their margins and they were basically able to sell anything they wanted at yep. a set price and there was no bargaining full stop. So it'd be interesting to see if those margins start to come under a bit of pressure because it does make a big difference. Yep. Um, it, AP Eagers also is a big property play. It's like one of these older school sort of businesses, ah. property by stealth. So so they own all the car yards. They own a lot of them. Right. And um, yep. that's how you know a lot of the Famous car families, particularly in Sydney, have made so much of their wealth. It's not been through the cars. It's been through the, the okay. rezoning yep. events. So, you know, if you know the mm. um, if you know Sydney very well, I don't know if the viewers, but um, Rushcutters Bay is always one I point out, which is, you know, there used to be a lot of um, car showrooms down there. Yeah. And yeah. then that got developed commercial down the bottom, apartments on the top. So that's what AP Eagers has been really good right. at doing. So there's a big land bank there which also helps mm. underpin evaluation. I, I'd agree with Carl. I think it's kind of, I think he was getting to a hold there well, and a slight yep. add. And um, I think that's right. You know, it, it, it's probably not quite cheap enough. This, the stock does move around quite a bit because Nick Politis owns such a large holding. It's actually very thinly traded once you'd strip out his ownership yep. and There'll probably be a time, I suspect, in the next 12 months, you might be able to buy it a bit cheaper. Okay.
1: All right. Put a hold at the moment. All right. Let's get into the stocks that you want us to take a look at. David um, wants a view on GrainCorp, Carl, uh, because this will be music to your ears from David. The chart has formed a bullish
2: symmetrical <laughs> triangle. Ah, oh, okay, yeah. Ash uh, 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 <laughs> just sent me through the notes. I must admit, I didn't see that bit. I thought I saw it first, uh, uh, there's nothing bullish about that symmetrical triangle, caution. All right. And, oh, nothing at all. And look, this is something you see very often on uh, TikTok and YouTube and Twitter and all the social media channels, where over the last few years, we've had this influx of quote-unquote technical analyst who, yeah. let me tell you, they read a book on technical analysis one time in the past and now they're bloody experts. Uh- <laughs> and they- and they will. Uh, mate, I've been t- doing technical analysis for nearly 30 years now. I started doing TA right. in the early 90s. OK, So I think I can make comments like that. But what I see so often is this idea of something in a downtrend. You can see the downtrend on yes. this. I mean, uh, Ryan Freddy can see uh, top left, bottom right. So straight away, alarm bells. I can't buy it. That's yeah. where I'm heading with this. Where's the symmetrical them? triangle? The symmetrical triangle is right at the end. Uh, It's not even really in that chart you've just put up on screen. We'd have to look at one of my charts. And look, I'll I'll pop it up on Twitter and I'll draw the triangle and then I'll I'll put some comments on the analysis. But the bottom line is, this is not a bullish one. If anything, it's a bearish one. But what I'm saying is, you you get people who think they're experts in technical Mm -hmm. analysis, they read about one pattern and they draw on the chart this uh, something that's in a downtrend like that. They draw a little triangle and then an arrow pointing straight up. And it really gets my goat, I tell you what, because it's it's not respecting <laughs> the, the huge trend yes. that is uh, coming before that. The problem with grain court is that um, the, the grains have come down in price. So if you go back to May last year, just after Russia invaded Ukraine, we had I think it was about twelve dollars eighty US a bushel for grain, and grain court was at its peak, at zenith in May last year at around about ten dollars a share. Now wheat uh, prices, canola prices have come down as well, and soybean prices have all come down. Some of them halved, some of them about two thirds, uh, some about one third off the value. And yeah. that's exactly what the Grain Corp chart looks like. So um, I, I'll let Ben talk about the actual underlying business. But what I see in the charts is it's following the price of wheat. The price of wheat looks very, very bearish. And therefore, I can't be a buyer okay. of Grain Corp. Back in fact, looking right. that chart, I have to say sell.
1: Okay. Um, and a, a good whack for the Finfluencers on social media, just be careful who you follow. And they could talk about all this stuff like uh, triangles and that sort of business. But hey, you've got to be watching here on AusBiz to get the real experts, not those That's
0: right. fly-by-nighters. Uh, ben, what do you think of grain? Is it like a double cell Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to be a bit more optimistic on grain Oh, Fred, okay. Because um, I think the big thing is like winter is coming. It's El Nino is coming. And oh, uh, right. I, I think like Game of Thrones, winter is yeah, coming. Yeah, okay. We've had three or four extraordinarily, extraordinary, extraordinary mm-hmm. growing uh, seasons for the farmers across the country. It's almost been unparalleled. Yeah. After the terrible years of drought before that, and that's largely been driven by you know the La Nina that we all went through, and yeah. unseasonal amounts of rain and great conditions in the bush. But um, there is, if you look at the um, like the oscillation sort of stuff. We are now pushing into an El Nino arriving in the next year. Right, back to the droughts. And back to droughts. And um, Grain Corp, price does pay a part, but the bigger part is volumes. Um, right. Because Grain Corp, the best way I'd think about it, it's almost like an infrastructure business where right. farmers store, transport, and sell their wheat oh, through wow. the grain corp so business. a bit like a toll road. They just a bit like it a toll road. Ticket. Yeah, right. and you need, like, the, the, you know, it, it's got some really good infrastructure assets. Um, Cube is really the only other competitor across the country. Yeah. Um, we know there's been takeover bids for this business in the past, uh, but it's it's a volume play. The tricky thing at the moment is the market is looking through some extraordinary good results that are dropping right now to where it thinks those numbers are headed. And so you've got to look through what's happening at the moment because this is a very cyclical business, it always has been. It's trading on 15.4 times forward earnings, 4% fully frank, that's pretty attractive. I'm going to okay. go a hold just because right. I think the market has now, you know, probably not completely, but it has already priced in. A complete turnaround in the conditions that Grain Corp's receiving oh. at the moment. Oh, okay. So, um, right.
1: So, you reckon this is the bottom of the cycle for it? it, it, it
0: the, there's, there'll be the bottom of the earnings cycle and the bottom of the share price cycle. And right. the bottom of the share price cycle will be 12 to 18 months before the bottom of the earnings cycle, right. just okay. as like we saw with the coal stocks a right. few years ago. Yep. Um, are we at the bottom of the share price cycle now? Probably not, but right. um, uh, it'll be uh, maybe getting close. Okay. Uh,
1: all right, uh, Tracy wants a view. Next, uh, turning our attention to gold miners, the uh, the biggest Newcrest, Ben. Uh, what do you think of, of well Newcrest and gold in general? It's what yeah. just still around that two thousand US dollar mark, three
0: thousand Australian dollars. It, Newcrest, got, let's do Newcrest <laughs> first. And we can do it quickly because yeah. it's under takeover bid by Newmont, yeah. and they basically agreed to terms. Now nice. there was a sweetener put in, so <laughs> if you're asking what is Newcrest going to take your money t- or you so there's there's going to be a CDI which is like a, a Newmont share that's going to trade on the ASX which yeah. you'll end up with but you're effectively saying <coughs> what how does Newmont look you know that's right. Newcrest is now going to follow Newmont because right. it's an all script takeover bit. yeah maybe a little bit of a, a special div um so that comes back to gold and gold's been strong you know and um I can see reasons why it's strong. I can also see inflation is rapidly calling across the world. The US will be sub 3% inflation by July. Um, could be June even. And that's going to mean. Sub 3% by June. Yeah, or maybe July, July at the latest. Wow. Yeah. Well, if you look at the month on month, you know, which is yeah, if yeah. you do a matrix. How come ours are still pretty high? Uh, I think we're six months behind them. Right. So okay. we're, we're coming down. So you, you've got to. So you reckon
1: we'll get back to our target band by the end of the year, 2 to 3%.
0: It might be a bit stickier here because we haven't gone as hard on rates as the Americans right. did. Both started and they've gone up a lot further than we have. But, yeah. th- th- you know, th- there actually is good news out there. So if they, right. when they lose the next two months' data from the last, the end of the year, yeah. they were very high yeah. and they're currently doing 0.1s month on right. month. Okay. You do 12.1s, you're at 1.2% inflation. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know... the inflationary pressures i think are easing then probably not as quickly as hoped and it's stickier in some places than others but gold i don't know it's not not for me so i'll i guess i go a hold on newcrest but i don't know a lot about newmont okay
2: all right uh carl i do know quite a bit about newmont actually it's world's largest gold producer significant exposure to copper as well and the chart doesn't look half bad. I mean, it doesn't look anywhere near as good as Newcrest. If we get the Newcrest chart up, I mean, that's bottom left, top right. Obviously, mm. it's the one getting taken over. Uh, and Newbot's been one of the laggards. If you look at global uh, gold placed out of the majors, um, not not a lot of um, life yeah. in Why? many of the US place. Because, well, it's because it, I think the Aussie ones have outperformed because if you look at the Australian dollar gold price, the Aussie dollar has no. been very, very weak. Yeah that's where they're getting the benefit we saw a big drop in the aussie dollar last night and the gold price was up a little bit but the aussie um, gold producers today are all up three four percent because they're getting that extra benefit from that weaker australian dollar as well uh, so i like gold in general, like the gold sector, I've been on Osby's popping up many, mm-hmm. many times over the yep. last uh, few months. I think maybe last time we talked about, it, I gave you a huge list of gold stocks yep. I like. Um, so I'm happy to stick with them. I'm happy to stick with Newcrest as the bottom line. I think there might, you never know, there might be a little bit of a, a sweetened offer. It won't be much more, I don't think. Um, and the, the, it's not impossible for somebody to come in and make a better offer. It's unlikely, but probably not impossible. So I'm gonna go hold on Newcrest. Uh, you know, I, I have to take into account the takeover. If it was just a normal chart, if I just looked at Eucarist and there wasn't a takeover, I'd say buy. the chart is that good, but certainly a hold other other places to go in gold. I think De Grey still looks very good. DEG is the ticket code there. Um, uh, gold Road, G-O-R, I think looks very good. And still holders, I've given um, viewers in the past, uh, Remelius uh, still looks very good. Uh, Bellevue, BGL and Resolute, trying to think of the other one also looks very yeah. good. So happy holders there. Okay
1: all right uh our next stock uh we'll go back to the industrials and uh property managers uh francis wants a view carl on charter hall
2: yeah not as exciting as what's going on with newcrest (laughs) is it unfortunately and the charts kind of reflecting that property i mean with gold is so hot right now isn't it and then you've got property which is so not right now um property doesn't like it typically when rates go up and that's what we've had. Uh, maybe there's a bit of a silver lining um, and rates are probably going to moderate in the medium term and, and there will be you know, a cyclical low in property at some stage and you know, then I do think you want to have some exposure. When that's the case, I don't think Charter Hall's one of the worst ones. I, it's not my favourite pick in the space, um, I think Goodman, um, if you're going for as close to like-for-like. As possible I know Ben will say well, they're not exa- they're not exactly the same but as close as you can get on the Australian um, market like, like uh, Goodman and then completely uh, not the same but in that sector of ReITs uh, Stockland would be my two preferred picks over this one um, yeah stuff I'm not as uh, uh, I'm not liking as much with uh, CHC is the exposure to office. I think that's what makes it less attractive than say Goodman Group, which is more, you know, they've got the industrial and logistics exposure. Um, I think it's a little bit expensive here. Um, if you look at the, the uh, three year component growth rate, we're looking at about 2%. So market average is typically around about seven, 8% and we're only getting 2%. So below market average growth, you are paying a below market average PE, but I don't think sufficiently cheap enough to warrant the lack of growth in this. So uh, I'm gonna go sell on this, the chart looks horrific, short term downtrend, long term downtrend. And if you have to maintain the exposure, the GMG chart looks much better and the Mm. stocking chart looks the best.
0: Okay, Ben? It's a tricky one uh, because, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty around commercial property prices. yeah, I think Carl's made some good points there. I prefer Goodman as well. Um, I'd start by saying that, as he said, that they, they are not quite identical businesses. Charterhall has a much bigger funds management um, mm. as opposed to like a property owner and developer.
2: Yeah, they manage well, a equi- lot, equi- lot of Equity equi- focused oh, as yeah. well Ben, as well. So yeah, equity yeah,
0: focused. absolutely. Equity focused, it's got a lot of like closed end four year funds, you know, we're going to go and buy this property and we're going to do something to it and, and then yeah. give you your money back and um, I think the funds management part is going to be the difficult part. I, I think the market's largely priced in a pretty big drop in a lot of valuations in commercial but the the, the tricky part they're going to have is' uh, it's, it's going to be harder to launch new funds in this environment mm. there's a lot less um, there's a lot less transactions being done like you know there's been one office tower which may or may not have been sold we're hearing in the last 12 months in Sydney so wow. putting together a fund to try and buy a specific property arguably is now the time they should be raising the money but because i'm sure there's some distressed sellers out there but it's always harder in these sort of periods to do it
1: because when they sell yeah uh, then that brings a new valuation benchmark, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. And then, <laughs> if you don't sell, you could go. Oh, yeah, things are tough, but we're holding up all right. Yeah. When someone
0: sells a similar property, everyone go. Well, yeah. your
1: valuation doesn't. And that's say, what that.
0: the industry super funds have been accused yeah. of doing: is gaming the system. You know, yeah. they've actually been putting assets onto the market. We've been reading, and not receiving the price they want, pulling it off, and yeah. they're still valuing it at at the old price. The old yeah. price. So. It's going to change, and that yeah. also for Charter Hall will mean that there'll need to be revaluations, I'm sure, done across a lot of funds. Nah. So that means performance fees are going to be harder to earn. Your expenses yeah. are lower. Uh, sorry, your fees are lower because the, the amount of farm you're, you're managing. But it's 13 times earning. It is a good business. You know, I mean, mm. it, it is a really well run business. It's got very good liquidity, very little debt. fully franked. I'll say a whole because I think the market's factored in. Good
1: business. Yeah. But is it the right time? It's the other thing.
0: You could probably give it another six months. And it's hard to see a catalyst other than rates are topping out now. And um, maybe in six months, we're starting to talk about a potential rate cut coming. And that starts to get people looking through the property players. So three to six months could be a better time. Okay.
1: All right. Uh, next up, uh, Alice uh, wants to view Ben on Jumbo Interactive, the uh, the tech business that skews towards uh,
0: digital lotteries. This there's some interesting stocks today. Um, I haven't looked at this one for ages. Uh, it's it looks interesting. I, I, I'm going a hold again. I don't want to do too many holds for This one is another one. Um, it had a really good result recently, um, and it announced a non-market buyback, which is always a good sign. Um, I think it's it's a business that's well placed because what these guys do is they're a reseller, particularly of a lot of the um, big overseas lotteries. And you know, you see these hundred billion dollars and stuff. You know, yeah, yeah, the, you know, the big US lottery. The, yeah, players. a billion dollars or yeah. sorry, whatever it Get is. Get involved um, in them, right? And and you can buy a digital ticket into a European Spanish lottery through through Jumbo's reseller website. So. That's been good, and we want to follow closer. Is the Lottery Corporation, and definitely, which is the spin out from Tabcorp, yeah. and bigger jackpots equals more people buying the tickets. Yeah. It's just it just happens. So, so, so Jumbo runs the online yeah. part,
1: the yeah. digital sales part of Lottery Corp, but then yeah. also. Uh, they say they're more a global tech business right? because they're trying to do
0: the same overseas now, aren't they? Definitely, yeah. yeah. And the Lottery Corp relationship has not been an easy one for them. I think mean, nah. there's been an arm wrestle for the margin between the two. Yeah. And Tabcorp actually were Jumbo's, one of their largest shareholders at one stage, and they sold out. Everyone thought they'd take them over, so that caught everyone right. by surprise a bit. But... It's not trading on a crate It's on twenty times, and it's a four percent dividend yields, which is yeah. pretty unusual for a um, for tech stock. So I'm I'm going to hold. Great margins, like they make fifty percent EBIT margins. But just a, an example of that TLC, you know, difficulty is TLC came out in June and said we're going to increase our service fee right. from two and a half percent to three and a half percent, and Jumbo basically had to take that because, right. and it doesn't sound like a lot, but that's actually pretty big increase in your in your in your clip you're taking on each ticket yeah.
2: which is harder for jumbos so. okay
1: all right uh, Carl what do you think of jumbo?
2: Uh, same, same as Ben. Yeah, there's pl- plenty to like in there. It's a very defensive business. Uh, yeah, they're, they're also uh, helping, uh, like if you're a charity and you want to run a lottery mm-hmm. uh, here in the UK, the US, they give you the ability to set that up and manage that for you, as well as the TLC uh, business. But that's still probably the biggest part of it, as Ben says. Um, a lot of their revenues, because they're clipping the ticket, depends on those underlying jackpots, and in that in itself is a little bit of a lottery. You know, no, no pun intended. <laughs> But that's exactly what it is. The other thing you mentioned, um, which also uh, stood out for me, was just it's, it's one of those high volume, you know, click the ticket, high volume um, businesses with low margins. So we're talking about you know five percent EBITDA margin. Uh, sorry, uh, it's, that's not not true. Forty-eight percent I've got here, and I'm saying i've totally totally messed myself up what i was going to say is what one of its benefits is it's a high margin business uh compared to some of the other ones we've talked about grain corp is five percent that's where i got that from and ape is only five percent so that that is an attractive trait um oh gosh i messed myself up there but uh, what i will say is that the chart doesn't look fantastic um and despite the valuation looking quite attractive here um, i've got a 15 dollar price target on it, uh, which is 13% upside. The yield is very, very good. And the brokers are even better than me. So the broker's average price target is 16.43, allows 24%, how about that? Mm. Um, And there's six buys, Three holds. So, broken community very positive on it. And I think that's because of the growth that's in the business. We're looking at about 15% compound annual growth over the next three years and a fairly reasonable P, I think, for the growth that's in it. So, I can go hold, is where I'm getting to this on yeah. the basis of valuation, but the chart is not good enough to get me in. If it was to move, say, above, say, 1420, 14, 30, then it would start to look more interesting.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, ben, you talked about it
0: earlier. Alice yeah. wants to know is Lottery Corp a better bet rolled into it? Okay. So, Lottery Corp is a very different, the best way I think about this, Jumbo is a very capital light, which is why it makes such high EBIT margins. Right. Um, so it doesn't have to um, have a much capital out there to earn quite an attractive incremental return on that capital. And that ultimately, capital light businesses trade on higher multiples if they're well run. Um, yep. The Lottery Corp is kind of the opposite. And I would think of the Lottery Corp more as like an infrastructure stock. Because right. it owns like these ninety nine forty nine year concessions on running a lottery for the New South Wales or the Victorian or right. the South Australian government, government, yep. and they have to upfront massive licks of cash to get those concessions. They're basically buying them, but then they've got a monopoly for fifty years. It's yep. like Transurban a, building a toll road, but it knows it's got a fifty year concession. Um, so much lower margin but very defensive. And I would say almost as predictable as a toll road. It's almost as predictable that next year, more people will buy a lottery ticket in New South Wales than they did the year before. Right. And because one thing they've done is they've played around with the algorithms where they are following the US now and you're getting bigger and bigger jackpots, which gets more and more people buying a Powerball ticket, etc. But it's expensive. Do you mean?
1: Yeah they fiddle with the algorithms of the balls, balls dropping down <laughs> to skew it, Ben. Man, I, I f-
0: cannot believe that s- they would do that. I mean, someone still wins, I guess. But yeah, that's <laughs> what... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, But yes, um, unsurprisingly, just as in a casino, you know, these things do get messed around right, with. So okay. people win less regularly. Right, but which they means win more. It, but they win more when they eventually win. Okay. And those people
1: in the lead-up, to yeah. a big one, yeah. You know, you've cashed all that money, haven't you? you banked all yeah. that money, and it just and paid nothing out.
0: In. Yeah, it paid nothing out. Yeah, and so as the as they keep rolling, the I think margin gets bigger for them. the margin gets bigger, right. and the and you're banking that money in the lead up, and and they the change the algorithm to make sure that yeah. happens more often. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, f- don't buy lotto tickets. <laughs> That's the outcome all of that. We are have the dream. We're a sell on lottery tickets. Oh, you've you just burst the dream. <laughs> I, I, I put a hold on TLC. Right, it's no just jokes. too ex- it's too expensive at the moment. It's on 28 times forward. Yeah, um, I actually reckon Tabcorp looks. The, you know, they did the split. Oh, that was Tabcorp. the ugly duckling. Yeah, they often know that. You know, the one twine coming
2: out yeah, of yeah. mergers, so oh, no, okay. I don't to
0: look at. All
1: right, Carl, what do you think of lottery Corp?
2: Yeah, look, again, Ben, I don't mind it. Uh, Very defensive, like he says, infrastructure-like qualities, um, you know, strong economy, weak economy. We're all still going to be buying a lot of tickets and probably, you know, anecdotally speaking, if the economy's weaker, we tend to buy them more. Uh, It's called an accelerated jackpot sequence is the... um, is the term for what they're doing there, and obviously they're trying to attract the um, they're trying to attract the 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 people who only buy lotto tickets once a year, right? Because you go, oh, it's 160 million, you know, I'll, I'll buy one. Um, but looking at the um, the valuation and the the numbers here again, Thomson Reuters um, consensus numbers, we've got a seven percent uh, compound annual growth rate for the next three years. So you compare that to say a jumbo was um, roughly double that. Um Jumbo's PE was around about 20 times. Um, this one's closer to 30 times. Um, so we, we don't have the valuation support here that we might have had for say Jumbo. Um, the chart is is pretty good though, and I think the market is paying a premium um, for because it's they're looking at it more from an infrastructure sort of play. Um, but I'm not sure if that's totally justified. So again, look, uh, there's nothing so sinister in the chart to tell me to to sell it. I think it, it's had a great run, and you can you can stick with it. Um, but I'd start to get a little bit more concerned if it was to close beneath uh, okay. 492. So I'll right. uh, hold for now, beneath 492 I'd be starting to sell.
1: Okay, I'll ask you both. Uh, buying a Powerball ticket versus buying the Lottery Corp shares, where would you put <laughs> your money?
2: Depends on having the jackpotties, isn't it? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> You've been sucked in. <laughs> no, I mean you you you're better off um, with, with the share, obviously, because yeah. you're gonna have something something there after the draw is yeah. draw's done. Ben Yeah. Yeah, you buy a tea I'll Get your get yeah. your own
0: back. Get your own back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Well, it's like, well, I mean, you you could have said buy the casino, but then look at Star and think, yeah, mate, yeah. maybe well, not
1: so good. Hey, this one, got, I think, is did, a good one. We've got that coming up. Yeah. Uh, and quickly, Carl, just so I can write it down, what do they call it when they change the algorithm? You mentioned that uh, before. It was an
2: accelerated, accelerated jackpot sequence. Yeah, it's, it's, like it's sequencing. I
0: remember that now. Okay. It's, accelerated um, jackpot sequencing. I actually think, don't quote me on that. I shouldn't say this on TV, but I, I think that there was a change in legislation they managed to get through that allowed them to change the sequencing. Whoa. I think it was legislated. I think. But or there was a rule in the concession with the government that they were able to get changed. And basically, because the government will get a bigger
1: tax take out of it as well yeah
0: i'd say so it means mean, yeah, it mean the concessions are worth more to the government as well yeah
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. okay fascinating all right amazing what we cover here on uh, on the call on ausbiz let's recap the first five stocks uh, stock of the day ap Eagles automotive A uh, hold from both carl and ben uh grain corp a sell from carl hold, hold from ben um newcrest a hold from both of them um, Carl's preference in gold likes the look of gold. Uh, De Grey, Gold Road, and a couple of others. Charter Hall, um, a sell uh, from Carl, prefers Goodman and Stockland in a similar sort of sector if you can compare them. A hold from Ben. Jumbo Interactive, a hold from both. As is Lottery Corp., a hold from both. Ben prefers um, Tabcall, uh, T A B, which was the other. Half that was left behind after Lottery Corp was uh, was spun out. Uh, here at the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction fund, which is picked by our investment committee. Latest episode of the committee meeting live on osbiz.com. Let's check how the portfolio went going into April. New Century was removed. Wise Tech added. Weightings of West Farmers Macquarie Group went up by two percent. Another one and a half percent added to Boss seven percent in cash. Um, the portfolio since the first of March last year up nine and a half percent on a cumulative basis. Keep Sandy in your request for the call uh, because that's the uh, that's the way the uh, stocks get referred to the investment committee. And the uh, May committee meeting will be up next week. Uh, this half hour we're going to be talking Aristocrat, uh, Callum Lakes. Uh, Star Entertainment, Eboss Group and BHP. Uh, Donna wants to know, uh, Ben, what you think of Aristocrat, the big uh, gaming poker machine manufacturer?
0: Yeah, I like it. It's one of our top sort of holdings. So um, we caught up with the CEO uh, a few weeks ago now and gave a, um, I thought, a pretty upbeat presentation on how things are looking. Nothing price sensitive, but Uh, certainly sort of reaffirming uh, what they said at their result. They actually report, they're out of cycle these guys, they're reporting in a couple of weeks, a week, uh, next week I think it is, and um, look, the the highlight for Aristocrat has been the US, um, we call them um, in-house sales, so these are the machines inside a venue like a casino or a club yep. um, and that has been um, an unbelievable couple of years for an aristocrat as the US uh, casino industry came back online after COVID. Uh, the digital side of the business still I think has got some skeptics out there and it does swing around quite a lot uh, as games are released and monetized. But, you know, I just think you're paying 18 times forward earnings for this business, and it's just consistently grown at 10 to 15 percent per annum. Probably the biggest litmus test for it was COVID when you know pretty much all of its venues that it sells its products through were shut down for a couple of years, and it's still managed to get through it well. It's mm. announced um, an extension, another half a billion dollar on market buyback. So the balance sheet's in great shape, really good management team. So
2: I'm going to buy a buy, okay, Carl. Okay, well, it's uh, got to go to the investment committee then, because I'm um, a buy on this one as well. It's one of my, one of our favourite stocks, actually, in my uh, Tuesday webinars, Kaishi. And it's it's funny because that's uh, look in those webinars we do look at the the valuation as well, but it's mainly you know, technically driven. So I've come to this conclusion. I like Aristocrat based upon the chart. It's interesting. I know Ben's. Uh, I don't think he looks at the chart. I don't want to speak on Ben's behalf, but I don't think he looks at the chart. But um, we've come to the same conclusion. So. Um, yeah, look, uh, I think just everything he said on the, on the fundamentals, uh, happy to echo those. Uh, in terms of the, the valuation, what I've come up with, uh, we've got about a 10% um, compound earnings growth over the next three years. Uh, you're paying about 18 times uh, earnings median over the next three years, uh, which means I think it looks quite fairly valued here. About 39.60 is my fair value target. You're getting a dividend yield of uh, close to 2%. Um, uh, fully franked. So, yeah, I think everything looks good there in the chart. It's uh, it's turned the corner, I, b- I believe. Um, we often we looked at the GrainCorp chart earlier on, which was uh, completely uh, top left, bottom right. Mm. Uh, this one, if we can get maybe the chart on screen, you can see it's, it's starting to uh, turn the corner there. It's
1: had a great, yeah, great, great four months from that low in December. Can we bring the um, the 12 month chart of Aristocrat back that we had on a couple of minutes ago? And, um, down to 30 dollars $30, there we go um, there is, in yeah. in december so, so it's had a had a good four months has it
2: yeah we well, can see pushing up to the top top of that range yeah. um, the other thing i like to look at is the you know I like my japanese candlesticks so the the uh, what we're looking for here and viewers can do this it's not hard to get a chart on your whatever platform it is hopefully it's the think markets platform and uh, put on the candles and the black and white candles will appear and what you want to see is the white candles because the white candles can only form if you're closing higher than you're open for the day right. so we know we've had we've had some uh, you know a lot of uncertainty, fear, uncertainty and doubt with respect to you know global macro conditions, maybe even some people saying, you know, not so nice things about aristocrats specifically. But on the day we open low, we close high. The next day we open low, we close high. Part of that could well be the buyback because that can mm. actually cause those um, uh, those candles to occur. The other part of it, I like to think is that you've got fund managers there that have done the same research that Ben and I have and they think it's undervalued. And even when the market has a bad day, they're still on that buy side because at the end of the day, viewers need to understand that the market is not run by somebody um, thinking, I'm going to buy some shares today. The market is run by algorithms. The market has X amount of capital to apply on any particular day, and there's X amount of shares available. Right. And the algorithms literally will take the cash and put it into the market in the best way they can so when you see those white candles it's telling you that there are algorithms specifically set there on the buy side for this and I think mm. you know that speaks to accumulation in the market and I'm happy to add on that basis okay alright
1: a buy for Aristocrat which I think is already in the portfolio from memory
0: Ben I think I hope so, so. Yeah, I, yeah, I have no, to no. keep no. arguing with Henry about it yes yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Henry Jennings from markets for that hasn't been that big a fan um, our next stock uh, Uh, Carl, is Calium Lakes, a uh, uh, sulfate uh, potash fertilizer uh, manufacturer or or miner, has a mine in Western Australia. Now, uh, BHP, of course, is sort of restructuring, made a massive uh, investment into potash only a year or two ago. It seems to be the hot thing. Is
2: Kalium hot for you? Well, yeah, I think that was... Look, I think there was a bit of a what's it all right? It's not not so much a gold run, but I think you know there's when we had that huge spike up in uh, commodity prices, you know, 18 months ago, a lot of companies moved into this. Area. Um, Fertiliser prices were substantially elevated. Yep. Uh, they have come off significantly since then, and uh, that has been a major uh, issue for Callium Lakes. Uh, so, what they're doing is they've got a bunch of uh, brine lakes uh, in central of WA just south of uh, Newman. Um, not a huge shot up the highway to Port Hedland uh, to get it to Port and then off to um, hopefully Asia. Um, they do have some op- uh, offtake agreements with some WO based uh, fertilizer producers, but it's still you know, largely small scale, let's face it, uh, in terms of global scale. Uh, and on top of that, they've had uh, issue after issue on production side, uh, getting into production, cost overruns as well. Um, they've had to raise capital. They've had to tap tap financiers, And it really does explain why the share price chart looks like that. So um, the message here is there are no free lunches. I think um, a lot of people will look at a chart like that and, and automatically say, well, that must be cheap. And yet look at a chart like Aristocrat and say, well, that's at the top of its range. It must be expensive. And it's it's totally the opposite, I can assure you. The reason why Aristocrat is trading towards the top of its range is, as I said, there are a bunch of fundamental just out there accumulating stock. The reason why this is the opposite is because there is extreme selling pressure and probably for good reason. Um, Yeah, look, I'm going to get to the obvious part of this, which is I'm not a buy on it and more likely to be a sell, I think. Okay. Ben? Sell. I'd never looked at this company
0: before. It's a three cent stock, so I didn't look, but I I always go to the cash flow statement first when you look at the species Mm. and um, Um, These guys generated $1.6 million in sales from this mine last quarter, um, and they lost $20 million um, in cash. Their their cash balance dropped 20 mil, which was running the mine and those sort of things. So you don't have to be Einstein to work out that is not a sustainable situation when you've got $13 million
2: left in cash in the bank. So... um, uh, yeah the, the cash is look it's coming so they they are ramping up production but that's been problematic so they in theory uh not this year but next year they should get to break even they're going to start to make money after that so that's where the the, the sort of the, the the hole needs to be plugged but you're right they're going to need some sort of bridging finance to get there right, in the meantime okay. or or raise some cash um by shares as well
1: and and as you guys keep pointing out here on the call it's it's a matter of there are just better opportunities elsewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh you which know, is, like, what are which the terms, are
0: what are the terms of the oh, yep. raising for a company like this gonna be? You know, you're yeah. gonna be issuing it too. you'll destroy all shareholder value in doing that. Yeah. And and it looks pretty thinly traded. Yeah, yeah. so I'd yeah, move on. all
1: right. Uh, something that uh, another stock that's been on a roller coaster that has a bit more fair bit more substance to it. Josh uh, Wants a view, Ben, on Star Entertainment uh, to see if there's value despite the uncertainty. Josh says it uh, seems like net tangible assets exceed the current market cap. Uh, ben Star recently went to market, with yeah. a raising uh, at a dollar thirty. Thirty was it? Yeah. So it's currently trading below for the first year. time. Yeah.
0: And I I think this is. It's kind of like an interesting one to watch from the sidelines, which is what I'd be doing for now, Um, because they they put out a trading update last week. It was the worst trading update I've ever read in my life. I'm not kidding. You know, they normally will try and gloss it or... um, But
1: hang on. There's a new chief executive.
0: New chief executive. There's also a new New South Wales government and, you know, Perrottet... Um, on his way before he lost the election, Matt Keane brought in these new tax changes on casinos, which has destroyed the profitability of no. Star. On top of that, they were what already, this five-year low. Yeah, God. so they, they'd already destroyed a lot of value themselves, single-handedly by allowing um, organised crime gangs to um, like literally wash money through the casino, knowing knowingly to directors. So. Like, uh, it's almost a textbook case in when, uh, I don't know what happened inside this company, but it was, right. you know, John O'Neill was the chairman. You had yeah. some very good people involved. And 5.50. Five, five fifty five years ago. Yeah, I mean, the... Is, is there a but coming? The, <laughs> so the the but... I, I think the reason that that trading update read like that is he's basically this is Robbie Cork. is putting pressure on the government because the, right. the, the last paragraph. Who is, who is good? He's good, um, and he's basically saying we will potentially pull the pin on Sydney if these right. tax changes because it, it's Cause literally they have not Brisbane, Brisbane from, as well. They've got they Brisbane. Have, they've got some. Uh, they've got um, Adelaide. They've got Adelaide. Uh, I think Go, they've Go, got Gold Coast. Gold Coast. 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 Right, but. So for the New South Wales government who get millions and millions of dollars of tax revenue from Star Casino and it's also a big employer, yep. this puts pressure back on them. For He's literally, I think, openly talking that, you know, we own the asset, we could repurpose it into a big building of apartments or yep. I, I don't know what. But um, So I think there's some political brinksmanship that's happening at the moment. And I think that trading update, despite how bad it was, the market kind of looks at him and went, I think they sort of saw through it, which was, this is really the company calling out the government and saying, we're not going to make it. You know, you've basically pushed us into a corner where um, there might be some other options. So I'll say hold. The capital raising destroyed a lot of shareholder value when you issued that a billion dollars of shares at an, an all time low. You basically wipe out a lot of your shareholder equity. Going back to the viewers question. yes. The assets are worth more than the share price, but you just got to think, what are the costs going to be to, you know, to restructure Sydney? There's a lot of costs as well. So um, it's a tricky one at the moment. It's trading on 24 times, so it's not cheap either. Right. So a hold? Uh, Just, yeah. Just a hold. Yeah. All
2: right, Carl? No, I can't. I can't call it a hold based upon that chart, unfortunately, because I'm not a value investor. The question is uh, based around, is there value? And that's just totally the opposite of the way I invest uh, because I tend to find, uh, you know, there's often a value trap there where something looks cheap because you're looking at it based upon historical earnings and the future is unknown. The future is so unknown that if you look at the the chart, you can see um, the, the big drop in February was the last profit downgrade. So you go February to April, and they're downgrading profits again within the space of two months and that concerns me the fact that you you couldn't foresee two months ahead to your next downgrade is, is a great concern but as you say koshi new ceo may be clearing the decks as well um, I think this could get worse before it gets better, and I think your time frame for that occurring is still way, way out. So I think with Ben, um, give this—I don't know—I think you said maybe six months or something, Ben. But I think you can continue to, to wait if you are that crazy value investor that needs to buy something cheap. But it's not my style. I'm a sell. Okay. All right. See, when they did the issue
1: yeah. at a dollar thirty, you had lots of analysts coming out going, "Gee, if you can get it a dollar um, it's good price. looking good. It's good price. It's a property play. Yeah. It's 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 and now they've been burnt. Well.
0: Yeah. I I think it's 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 a combination of the tax changes have destroyed the profitability, but you've also got these massively reduced operating conditions because they've admitted to the things that they mm-hmm. were doing. Yeah. So you got lower volumes and you got less profit per volume, and then you've got Crowns just open and finally got its license back yeah, to yeah. operate across the you know, across the um, Darling Harbour precinct there. And that's a beautiful brand new casino, yep. which probably a lot of those people want okay. to go in. All
1: right.
2: It's cool. Uh, uh, I was going uh, to say, Goshi, uh, yeah, so it's, it's called a reduced level of complimentary services and benefits to your uh, high volume patrons there. So basically, and they can't have the un- undesirables on premises either. Uh, but then, uh, look, let's, let me uh, just throw this in. If you're unsure, we've got, um, ASIC um, have a claim against them. AUSTRAC have a claim against them. The Queensland government has a claim against them. This, these are all in the courts. And there are four class actions from no less than Shine, Slater and Gordon, and Maurice Black's Blackman, I can't <laughs> remember the other one, as well. So if that's, you know, if you see value in that, then go for it. Yep. Robbie should have started at Tyro. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Imagine dealing with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Hopefully he's been paid a lot of money. Um, All right. Our next stock, uh, Angela, wants a view, Ben, on EBOS Group. She says, I've taken some profits recently and looking for new opportunities in defensive industries. Earnings have been growing at EBOS and return on equity has been fairly stable, although last year it dropped quite a bit and margins are fairly slim. Of course, it's the biggest pharmaceutical
0: wholesaler and distributor across Australia and New Zealand. what do you think of EPOS? been a great business. Um, and yes. as you know, I, I, Angela's done well. I mean, I, I've always had on my list to have a closer look at. It, I would say it's very thinly traded again, but right. that's because it's um, a dual listing on the ASX. So we don't get a lot of volume here. It's a, it's a big business on the New Zealand Stock Exchange. Uh, as you can see from the chart there, it's, it's, it's done very well. Um, from what I believe uh, it does sell a lot of its medications, drugs, et cetera, into the private hospital system. So yep. we should now be seeing volumes really starting to ratchet up as they catch up with all the COVID issues and that should be good for, for EBOS. Um, I'm gonna go a hold. Uh, It is it's defensive. The growth was strong yep. at its recent result, but I think there is a bit of that COVID snapback that's been occurring for them and that should fizzle out i would have thought but maybe not um and it's defensive growth you know like um it is a big wholesaler it's you know like terry white chemist is an mm. example businesses like that it provides a lot of the generics and those sort of things that yep. they resell so which is r- quite high margin for them so good business it's got a lot of the stuff i'd look for it just looks expensive okay uh
1: so i hold
2: from ben carl yeah, I mean, it's every analyst's uh, you know, goal to find growth at a reasonable price, isn't it? That's a GARP acronym. And I think this one has it. I think, you know, if you look at um, over the forward-looking period of the next three years, 13% compound annual growth rate, that's, again, thomson Reuters consensus, trading at about um, – 29 times earnings, so you're paying a little bit more for it, but um, that PE coming down substantially um, over the look forward period. I think it's um, pretty attractively valued. I've got a price target of about 4580 on it. The brokers are at 4360. Um, reasonable dividend yield about 2.3% fully franked. Uh, so checks out on the fundamental side of things, very defensive business as Ben says, I'm, I'm a happy holder on this one. Um, I just think the chart could, I know the chart looks very good there, but you can just see, it's just starting to look, lose a little bit of momentum. Maybe if we get that chart up, you can see just on the far right, yeah. um, it's just starting to flatten out a bit. So whilst it's, it's, it's a bit flat, I'm happy to hold. I'll give you some numbers here If it closes, well, pretty simple, if it closes beneath 40 bucks, I'd start to lighten the load a bit. If it starts to move back above say a 44, I'd happily add it to the position. Okay. All right.
1: And our final stock uh, comes from Patty. Uh, Carl, she wants a view on BHP. Patty says, I've held BHP for ages, sensing I should sell it all now or most of it. Would you be a
2: seller of BHP? Paddy, we gosh, you and I were on uh, not that yep. long ago. It was fifty bucks, yep. And I said take profits, and, yep. I, and I can't remember who was on with me. We said take profits as well, uh, and I, you know, I've,
0: I, was,
1: I just... was also reading uh, there uh, one analyst that said if you were uh, buy BHP at around forty or just under forty and sell it at fifty, you're, that's the only share market investment you can ever make. <laughs> Uh, because it always gets down to 40 and tops out at 50.
2: Yeah, pretty happy oh, days over go. the last wow. sort of two years. About two years that that's done well for you. Um, and yeah, look, I, I think, look, today's, I'm gonna go hold for Paddy. I think today's a really important day if it closes up around this level. I think it's um, setting a bit of a uh, an inter- intermediate low here, um, but it does give us a really nice point. So it got smashed on the open. Citigroup downloaded, down, loaded, downgraded their um, outlook for the iron ore price from 120 US a tonne down to 100 US a tonne. We had Morgan Stanley not that long ago doing some Something very similar. Um, in fact, Morgan Stanley went to ninety dollars a ton, but we're, we're closer. I like mean, we we're one thirty now. We're about a hundred. I've, I've, I've said on on the show many times that's the long term average. I think we're pretty close. Um, otherwise, p are fine. You know, they're, they're making a, a pile of money operationally. Um, you know. Look, they they, they miss a little on some things, you know, copper and nickel, but they they do much better on other things, you know, coal and iron ore. It it is a massive, massive uh, cash machine, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. So I can go, uh, if you you have taken some profit, um, I said one third above $50, so maybe you've got two thirds left, happy to hold on that at this stage. Where I start where the thesis starts to change is if it closes beneath today's low. And I think as I said, today's such an important price for it. So to close below forty two sixty nine, we're taking another third off the table. Right. Okay. Forty two sixty nine on the close. Then, yeah, if it closes below that. And then you've got a third and you've got a third because it's BHP, you're still gonna yeah. hang on to it. And then when it gets to the bottom of the range, we'll start to look maybe to add some more back in. Hmm.
0: I reckon it's a buy. Um, it, it looks cheap and the analysts are all predictably getting bearish on their metals prices assumptions after the metal prices have already fallen. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they' tra- so Hills BHP is now trading on ten times forward earnings, and that's on analysts using metals prices assumptions, which I think are now getting quite conservative. It's on a yield of six point six percent fully franked. This is on consensus numbers, and of course, don't take them as gospel because the price of iron ore will do something next year, which none of us were expecting, whether that's up or down or sideways, or whatever. A third of its production is going to be copper going forward post this Oz Minerals takeover. And I think everyone sees that there is a real bull case in copper and it's where they're positioning themselves. Um, and the other thing I just, you know, because I often forget it myself is um, like in the last five years, BHP has paid $26.70 in cash and franking credits. Yeah. So, you know, you can buy something now and if it's still the same price in... Five years and you get that sort of return, it's still yeah, great. it got investment. a 50% return. Yeah. It's 26 on 43. Uh, right. And I think five years ago, it was like 34. Right. So you've nearly had all of your money paid back to you. It's like buying a house for a million dollars, getting 850 grand in rent. Yeah. And the, the value of the property's gone up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you haven't had to do it's it. It's a good way of thinking of it. Yeah. So um, and it'll keep doing that, as Carl said. Like it's a cash generating machine, and I think it's a lot better managed than it has been in the past. All right, that's good. Um, Just quickly, coming to the end of April. Yeah. May and June, always horrible months. Not always, but mostly. That more often than not. Yeah. So, um, would you be and would you be selling into this the end of the rally? I wouldn't. I like. I, I think we're in the new bull market, personally. I, oh. I, which I think started back in December, January. Okay. But I, I, w- I wouldn't rule out a correction because we also have had quite a strong run. Yes. But the the upside is, you know, inflation is rapidly coming under control. You know, it's moving in the right direction. We <laughs> will be talking about rate cuts by the end of the year. Yeah. And. Earnings are holding up. Microsoft had a cracking result last night. Right. Google surprised everyone with a better than expected result. UPS, so, terrible. UP, uh, yeah. Visa. Visa was good. good because good. everyone's using a credit card in yeah. America. I still think we're seeing good numbers okay. which support shares. Carl?
2: Yeah, I'm with Ben. I believe the bull market has begun. I believe it did begin at the start of the year. I totally agree with his outlook for interest rates, and that's going to support uh, supports bull markets. Full stop. Uh, you just mentioned the performance of uh, May June. I've got a tweet. Um, again, go, go look at it. But I'll show you exactly historically over um, uh, 40, 20, and 10 year periods what yes. the performance is for May and June, and yep. then how July August look. And I can tell you, um, July August is amazing. So. You know, we, we could be, over the next couple of months, getting to a really uh, good point to buy. Yeah.
1: No, no, I saw that chart. I pinched it oh, for know. my newsletter <laughs> and, praised, <laughs> and praised you to the hilt for it. So, no, I didn't know that. Question, just to keep, keep it in perspective. So, yep. no, it was well a done. great chart. <laughs> All right, you two. Um, always love having your boats on. Carl Kapelinga, thanks so much for joining us. Really good to see you, mate. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Josh. And for Ben you. Clark from TMS. Thanks, Always great to have you aboard. Let's quickly recap those final five stocks. Almost forgot then. Aristocrat, a buy. Kelly Malek's a sell. Star, a sell from, uh, from Carl, a hold from Ben. Uh, EBOS, a hold from both. Um, BHP, a buy from uh, from Ben a hold from Carl uh, if it closes below 42.69 at the end of today he'd start to get nervous about BHP if it doesn't then it may be building a good platform for another uh, push upwards. Hey, if you've got any stocks you'd uh, like us to cover here on the call that I put to our expert panel, uh, put them in an email, uh, thecall at ausbiz.com.au or go to osbiz.co slash uh, picks, or tweet us using the at Ausbiz handle. More of Osbiz after this. <laughs>